center and coming in as Bloom. Millendike centered it. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Let's get this hour going. We are underway on a Tuesday, November 7th with Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. My name is Pat Steinberg. Welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450 or explore the full line of safes at Calgary Lock and Safe. Com. We're coming at you from the Scotiabank Saddledome at our Hot Stove Lounge on this Tuesday edition of Flames Talk. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Wes. Hey, buddy. You, um, well, we, 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 have some, we have some news on this Tuesday that maybe could be a little bit more um, significant or mean a little bit more than maybe it looks like on the surface. Let's uh, dive in on that. It's time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local. Find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. And... and I got to say, as we're 11 games into the season right now, I, I got to give the Flames a lot of credit for their ability and their um, kind of, they, they seem very focused on putting their money where their mouth is. And what I mean by that is they said from the get-go, they want to get younger. They want to play younger. They want to give younger players more of an opportunity. And... They've done just that. In fact, they've gone out of their way to do just that. Uh, I, I still go back to Craig Conroy telling us in Penticton that we said we're going to do something. It would be kind of silly if we didn't do it. And so far they have. They have put veteran players on waivers to make this happen. Jordan Osterley is currently on a one-way NHL contract playing in the American League. And now Dryden Hunt is on waivers on this Tuesday and will likely clear on Wednesday afternoon. Now, part of that Hunt decision is absolutely re, uh, related to Adam Rzichka being ready to return. He'll return against Nashville on Tuesday night. So it, it does give him some flexibility. But you know what? Wes, they would not need to worry about flexibility if Connor Zeri hadn't jumped into the lineup and given him two really solid games. And if Martin Pospisil didn't fit really nicely on that Michael Backlund line. And so we've already seen Matt Coronado. We've already seen Ilya Solovyov. They, they're going out of their way here to affect something. And, and so far, they have put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, absolutely they have it. And Dryden Hunt, you know, give him credit, has been sort of a, you know, the prototypical good soldier as as a spare forward for this team. Uh, limited to four games so far. This, I thought we were going to be talking about this tomorrow because I thought with Adam Ruzicka coming back tonight and Andrew Mangiapane serving his one-game suspension, I, I thought they'd, they'd probably wait on this decision to see maybe what you saw from Martin Pospisil tonight. And yet, what a what a boost of confidence for the kids and what a message to everyone else that we are, you know, we're, we're committing to exactly what we said, which is providing opportunity for these kids. And if they take advantage of it, they're not going anywhere. You know, it's not just Dryden Hunt being on waivers today 
with the potential that if he clears, he could go to the AHL's Wranglers tomorrow. Yeah. It's Adam Ruzichka coming back in the lineup as a fourth-line center because you know what? Connor Zary's taken his spot. And Connor Zary absolutely deserves to stay in that second line stead that we've seen him in. And, and you put it a perfect way. They're, they are putting their money where their mouth is. And so far, and, and very much to their credit, the kids have rewarded them for it. Yeah. Well, and and I don't know if... And we talked a little bit about this on Monday's show, and this is... It's not even a, it's not even a criticism necessarily. It just... Straight up fact. I I don't know if we would have seen something like this with the prior group with with Daryl Sutter as head coach and Brad Treliving as general manager. I don't think that we necessarily would have seen this same type of commitment to really getting young players in the lineup, getting their feet wet, and even as Ryan Huska talked about on Monday putting them in situations to succeed but also putting them in situations to fail and and then not making knee-jerk reactions if they fail. Because, you know what? If you're playing Connor Zary in a top-six role, I think you said this on Monday, you know, his confidence and his willingness to use his skill to take pucks with speed to tough areas, he's probably going to get burnt on that at some point, like lots of players do. And instead of him seeing the bench for the next two periods or him not playing the next game, you say, okay, that was a mistake. We learned from mistakes, and now we move on. It's just it's a different philosophy. And for where this team is right now and the ages of this team and what happened last year, I, I, think, I think it's a philosophy that's really important for where the group is right now. Well, and we had a great chat on the – round table in, in the last hour and and as we keep saying we're going to have this discussion over and over and over if you're looking at, at whether you want to call it a rebuild or a retool or a reconstruct or a reload, reload refurbish or refurbish or whatever whatever restock yeah whatever you are going to call that you need to know what you have and you need to know, okay, well, well, what is Connor Zary at the NHL level? What is Martin Pospisil at the NHL level? What, what is Ilya Solovyov or whoever you want to bring up? That, that's a part of the process. But I actually think what we're seeing in the past, let's say, week and a half, two weeks with the young guys who have come up, it's less about the big picture and more about rewarding guys who are playing their you-know-what's off for your farm team Mm -hmm. and are putting up points and then have an opportunity to come up with confidence and are given a chance to contribute. And that's what Connor Zary's done so far. That's what Martin Pospisil, in a very limited sample size, did on Saturday in Seattle. And so by putting Dryden Hunt on the waiver wire today, you give yourself a chance to potentially head east on a road trip with both of those young guys, if they continue to show you that they need to be a part of it. Like, here's a way that you can keep Pospisil and keep Zary in your lineup, bring Rizichka back into your lineup. Uh, now, the Manjapani suspension does allow you to do that for this game, and maybe things change. But you know what else? If Pospisil has another really good game against Nashville here on Tuesday and, and Zary continues to be a contributor on that cadre line... 
I bet you that whether it's uh, I, I don't I don't even want to like point to names necessarily, but Manjapani comes back in. Maybe it's AJ Greer that takes a seat. Right. I, and I, I think that they are committed to having guys who are giving them the best opportunity to win in the lineup. And right now, you can say that a few of those players are young players. And and you know what? Maybe all of a sudden, Martin Pospisil, the effectiveness wanes a little bit. Well, that's good opportunity to bring Matt Coronado back into the conversation or a good opportunity to give Adam Klapka his first opportunity. And And for the first time in a long time, I don't feel like they would hesitate in doing that. And it's just, it's a very, very different philosophy. And I know the first guy that we talk about when this conversation comes up is Daryl. But, I mean, that was a, a very, very, like, that that, that was a, they, they went about their business under Brad Tree Living for a decade completely differently. Brad also deferred more to veterans. Brad also Absolutely. preferred having guys with NHL experience on the roster and in the lineup. So just overall, it's been a long time since you can sit here and say, yeah, they won't hesitate in doing what they have to to allow young players to, to really thrive. I, I even, and I'm trying to remember who the coach was, I remember the fuss about Andrew Mangiapane coming up when he was supposed to be headed to the AHL All-Star game and sitting and sitting yeah, and sitting. We talked about the same thing with Jacob Pelche last year. Was Rasmus Anderson not up here and just practicing with the team for like a month and a half one year, if I remember it might correctly? Have been, yeah, and so now there there can be a, a benefit of, of getting those guys around the group at some point, and yet what you have an opportunity to do when your team is struggling is to put them right in the lineup and say, help us get better. And so... That's what that's what we're watching. And, and, yeah, like maybe Martin Pospisil does take a step back tonight in his second NHL game, but what putting Dryden Hunt on waivers today does for you is that if Martin Pospisil looks really strong in his second NHL game, you're not saying, well, hey, a couple of good games, but we don't need you anymore. Back to the American League back for to you. the minors. Yep. And that, it's not so much about the message you're sending by keeping them as much for me as, as it's the message you'd be sending the other way around. And so for as long as these guys are contributing, it sure feels like the Calgary Flames are going to make spots for them. And yeah. I think that's really encouraging. Yeah. It's, uh, it's different. I'll say that much. It sure it's is. A, it's a very different way of going about things. And, and look, who knows how it's going to continue. I don't know if Connor Zary's up here for the rest of the uh, rest of the year. His first two games have been great. Yeah. But I don't know if he's up here for the next 70. Maybe, maybe he's not. Uh, maybe it does drop off a little bit. Maybe what happened with Matt Coronado happens with Connor, and, and he needs to go to the American Hockey League. And, and same with Pospisil. And we know that Coronado is going to be back up here at some point. He's not going to stay the rest of the year in the American League. I think that is a, a fair a fair way of looking at things as well. But, I mean, we've seen, we've seen it happen before, but to your point, I don't think it's going to happen just because it's the easy move to make. And sometimes you just don't have a choice. But what I have appreciated through the first month of the season is that the Flames haven't gone the easy road. It would have been a whole lot easier, to your point, to just send Pospisil down so you don't have to worry about putting somebody on waivers. And 
it would have been easier to just keep Osterley up. Instead, DeSimone's up with Gilbert here. So I, I just I, I do appreciate that they haven't done necessarily the, the path of least resistance. And they've taken, a I don't want to say risks, they just have made some more difficult decisions to keep guys on the roster, even if it's only for another game or two. Yeah, and it's how you get better. That that sort of confronting the status quo is an important way to get this thing moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, as somebody texts in, nobody should be up uh, from the Wranglers after Sunday's performance. I didn't see Sunday's noon game. I mean, but Trent Cole was not happy with it. That, when we spoke that to does him echo what we heard from the head coach <laughs> yesterday. And yet, if if I'm willing to give anybody a pass, it might be a six-one-and-one hockey team. Yeah, they were probably due for a dud. Uh, that's your look inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Uh, hello, fans. Calgary Co-op has refreshed its membership just for you. Now you can shop, save, and win with the new Calgary Co-op app. Download on the Apple Store and Google Play Store. Uh, a few other things to touch on. We were talking about Martin Pospisil, and I, I did just want to uh, give you an opportunity to uh, share some thoughts on Martin because uh, you, uh, a few hours ago on this Tuesday, dropped an article over at the Post Media sites about him. He's now made his NHL debut. He scored a goal in his NHL debut. Uh, he's living the dream, as he says. And what what I think is interesting about the story is it's a pretty good reveal as to how I don't think he saw this thing coming going back a number of months ago with how the injuries had taken a toll on on his career. Why don't you just uh, share a little bit about what uh, Martin revealed to you when he, when you spoke to him this week? Yeah. Yeah. I asked Martin if the sort of, you know, winding road and the, the injury issues in some ways maybe made Saturday more rewarding. You know, if it, if it, the journey he had to take to get there made his NHL debut in some ways even sweeter. And, and he revealed to me that, the last injury that took him out of the Calgary Wranglers lineup uh, in December of last year was a concussion. And it was a concussion that he, uh, he had trouble recovering from that. It was a, it was a slow go for him. And he told me that there were stages last winter that he wasn't sure if, if he'd be able to play again. He was genuinely scared that this concussion might ultimately end his career. It not just, he said to me, if you told me in January or February that I'd be in the NHL, I'd be surprised. I I was just thinking about whether I could keep playing. Yeah. And, you know, this guy, I think, has become a really easy-to-root-for player for Flames fans, and I encourage you to go to the post-media sites, either the Calgary Sun or Calgary Herald, and, and give this a read because when, when you see his comments and, and see him essentially wrapping his head around the idea that he he might have to give up the sport, that he might have to give up this dream that he'd been chasing, you can't help but be really happy for him that he is healthy again, that he did after, he said, three months of, of not necessarily feeling like himself. He's felt great since then. He had a great summer of training. And, and to see him kind of put that in his rearview mirror and score five shifts into his NHL career. 
I mean, I couldn't help but feel really happy for the kid, and I think a lot of people, as they read it, will feel the same way. Yeah, it's uh, it's a super uh, it's a super neat read. First of all, uh, it's available uh, wherever you uh, wherever you get your post media articles, um, wherever you get your post media fix. Uh, which is a, a lot of different. Sometimes I'll read Wes Gilbertson articles and be like, "Why am I reading this on like a London, Ontario <laughs> newspaper? Why like?" A, but yes, uh, both the Sun and Herald websites. You can go check that out. Uh, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty remarkable story of perseverance. I give the guy a lot of credit, and and I talked to him ahead of the game on Saturday where he debuted. And one of the questions I asked him on our Flame Strategy piece for our pregame show was like, "How much stronger mentally are you?" He's like, "You can't even describe it. It's like all of a sudden the things that would bother a pro hockey player." Without having that perspective, they don't bother you anymore. It's like have the, I can I can overcome that. I overcame that, so I can overcome this healthy scratch or sure. motion or ten game pointless drought or whatever the case may be. Kind of be in such a better position to handle those adversity things after all the adversity he's had to deal with the last number of years. Well, and and we forget, you know, this is a 23-year-old from Slovakia living, obviously, across the ocean from most of his loved ones. He's going, you know, through those injury issues, kind of feeling isolated in, in some ways. I know he leans really heavily on his older brother, Christian, who's playing pro hockey in Chechia, I know he leans fairly heavily on Adam Ruzicka, a fellow Slovak who's become a, a good buddy of his. But you kind of forget that these young men are, are on a bit of an island as they go through these things. And so that perspective that, yeah, that, you know, you're so much mentally stronger after, you know, dealing with the, the injury issues and the ups and downs is, is absolutely how he must feel. Yeah. And I was impressed with him Saturday night. I, I thought yeah, I there thought was a lot of good in his game. Right. Fit right in, man. Like, there was no – I had no – I was quite impressed with what I saw from him. Yeah. He, you know, he th- throws his weight around. He, he goes to the tough areas. He, you know, he was probably six inches from the edge of the crease when he scored that goal. And, and I thought on a line where it demands – for you to be really defensively responsible, he held up his end of the bargain there too. Yep. And this is, you know, a, a whole nother discussion, but if that, if the emergence of, of a Martin Pospisil gives you an opportunity to see if you can establish a click with Andrew Mangiapane as your top line right winger, it's sort of a double dose of good news. Yep. I think anyways. Yep. Um, Speaking of good news, Adam Rzichka back in. He's missed the last two weeks. He'll play against Nashville. Uh, he missed four games, so he got hurt in that Tuesday game against the New York Rangers. Missed St. Louis, missed the Heritage Classic, missed Dallas, missed Seattle. He'll return uh, against the Predators, centering a line with Walker Dewar and A.J. Greer. So jumps back in as the number four center. But you know what? I actually think getting Ruzicka back is more important than maybe it ever has been. He's actually kind of been... I'm trying to think of the right. He's kind of been a Swiss Army knife for the team this year, and he seems to have worked in all of the different places that Ryan Huska's put him in the lineup. I even go back to the during that six-game losing skid when Huska kind of referred to you know it's been it's been rough without without Ruzicka. I've talked to a couple other people. It's like not having him has made more of an impact than I think anybody would have initially thought 
or going back to last year, whatever have thought would be the case. But I think getting him back and, and his versatility, his ability to play up and down the lineup, I think that'll be big for the team. Yeah, I think he can help for sure on the power play. I, I think if he's in the right mindset, he can be an effective fourth-line center. And I want to see a guy come out tonight and look like he's ticked off that Connor Zary took his second-line job while he was out. Yeah, I, I want I want to see that that trickle down competition has impacted him. Uh, obviously, he's needed to get his shoulder right before he could come back in. But I, I want to see an Adam Ruzicka who steps back in the lineup and says, "Don't forget about me." Yep, and listening to him speak on uh, Tuesday morning feels like he's confident that's going to be the case there's there uh, i don't know swagger in there i don't know if the chip was on his sore shoulder or his other (laughs) shoulder but there was a chip was there not oh my goodness always gives the old uh yeah i'm a fast player i'm gonna get in and come in and make the team faster we'll be faster ryan leslie goes I'll hold you to that. Yeah. (laughs) Why not, hey? Adam Ruzicka returns after missing four games Tuesday against the Nashville Predators. Okay, we are underway this hour on Flamestock. It is Pat and Wes along with you. We're here at the Scotiabank Saddledome, and everything is coming at you on this Tuesday from our downtown studios. And our downtown studios, of course, are Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Wet basement, they have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement systems they're all things basementy visit dlbasementsystems.com flamestock is on the air and streaming on the sportsnet mobile app sportsnet 960 the fan calgary well i've got a question wanted to bounce off wes um and and it's about calgary's blue line as we continue along this one's really it's not that big of a okay it's not that big of an existential question um but who like as we take a look at 11 games and even going back to training camp in the preseason, who is the ideal sixth defenseman on the Flames right now? Because I don't think we know that answer. I don't, I don't think that you and I know. I don't think the Flames know that answer right now. So they have tried Osterley. He started the year as the sixth. Then Gilbert took his spot. Osterley's now in the American League. Gilbert's going to sit out a second straight game against Nashville as a healthy scratch for Nick DeSimone. Ilya Solovyov has been up. I I don't think the Flames have anything close to a definitive answer as to who that sixth guy is to solidify them on the back. And I even look back to last year. I don't know if they ever really had that sixth guy to solidify them on the back. It's been a couple of years since... They had six defensemen that you could just roll out like a baseball lineup every single night when you had Anderson, uh, Tanev, Hannafin, Zadorov, Goodbranson, and I'm missing one in that mix, and now I don't remember who it is. But um, it was that it was the 2021-22 season when they had the same six defensemen essentially every single night. And all did you say oh, Oliver Shillington? Shillington. That's who I was missing. Yeah. Yes, Shillington with Tanev. Yeah, and, and Oliver Shillington's absence for personal reasons, obviously, is why we're having this conversation about still wondering maybe who who that ideal sixth defenseman is, because I absolutely agree with you. I, they don't know the answer to that. In fact, it, it sort of feels like we're watching an ongoing tryout, doesn't yep. it? Yep. And 
I'd throw this at you and and tell me if you think I'm wrong on this. I, I think maybe they're closer to figuring out what their ideal top four is, which I think then whether you're looking for a righty or a lefty is a big part of the equation for what the ideal number six looks like. And so if you do want Mackenzie Weger and Rasmus Anderson paired together, on your top pair and and you are as they've done in the last couple of games looking to partner Noah Hannafin with Chris Tanev again that maybe changes what the ideal number six looks like as opposed to what it looked like when that player was paired with Chris Tanev and so not only is the sixth spot for me a little bit unsettled but the first I guess key to figuring out what the sixth spot looks like is cementing who your number five is. Yeah. Is that fair? I think so. And I don't... How far Like how far into doing that are they? Is Zadorov solidified as the five right now, do we think? I think so. Although, you know, Chris Tanev was never actually a number five, and, and, and I know that they loved the sort of veteran savvy that they were putting with whatever lesser experienced or, or, you know, whatever sixth guy they had, they felt he could really lean on Chris Tanev. And yet I think Uyghur and Anderson and Hannafin and Tanev in the past two games have, have shown more promise than what we had maybe seen out of some of the other defense pairings, certainly during that skit. Yeah. But we're talking about a team that has used nine defensemen already. They only used ten last season. All of last year. Right. And one of those guys was a trade deadline addition. So up until the start of March, you'd only used nine. Well, they're already Who at nine. Who was the trade deadline acquisition? Refresh my memory now. Troy Stetcher. Stetcher, right. right. Thank you. But absolutely, somebody that that number six job is there for somebody to step up and take. Jordan Osterley, after a really promising start to preseason, it was like when everyone else ratcheted it up, he wasn't he wasn't able to yep. at that point. And so, you know, and you, you feel for a guy who's just moved to the city, just getting settled, and is suddenly in the minors. At least he doesn't have to leave the city. But, yep. you know, the, the Jordan Osterley experience so far has not gone very well for the Calgary Flames. I think that's perfectly fair. Dennis Gilbert has brings some kind of spunk and toughness, but clearly they're they're still looking for someone who can bring more in that sixth spot. Ilya Solovyov got a chance to show what he could do, and and now Nick DeSimone, a guy who's played a ton of pro hockey despite having only logged five games at the NHL level, is sort of the latest audition. But it feels like a tryout still. It really does, and and you know. If you were to ask me just point blank, who is Calgary's ideal number six defenseman, my answer would be pretty well, it's Oliver Shillington. But sure. we don't we don't know what Oliver's status is. And I think at the very least there's a chance that we don't see Oliver play this year. Um I mean Oliver Shillington to the best of our knowledge has not been on an NHL ice surface since May of two thousand twenty two. Yep. So while we wish the best for Oliver Shillington, I, I think to expect him to pop up tomorrow at the Saddle Dome feels quite unlikely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not expecting anything anytime soon in terms of 
positive updates and or, or progressive updates on on Oliver and and that's too bad because we all want to see him back and we were all rooting for him he was one of the real potential feel-good stories heading into training camp and obviously didn't go the way anybody was expecting and didn't go the way Oliver was expecting mm-hmm. um, but he would be the ideal number six and and if I can just yeah, jump go, in absolutely. for a second because I remember Daryl Sutter saying at, at different points especially toward the end of last season, talking about how much they missed Oliver Shillington's mobility and Daryl sharing his belief that the Calgary Flames had never really found a solution through last season of replacing what Oliver Shillington brought to them. Maybe the closest they came was with Troy Stetcher. Yeah. Well, that comment is still relevant on... November the 7th. The Calgary Flames now a season and change into not having Oliver Shillington available to them have still not found a replacement for him. Yep. It's been a, a rotating cast. Is there anybody else that we're not factoring into this conversation? Like Nick Simone is the latest guy to get the opportunity as, as this team's second, third pair defenseman. I... I we're not forgetting Jeremy Poirier because he cut himself. Didn't cut himself. He got caught in a game and very severely cut. Yeah. And, and he's gonna. He needed surgery. It's gonna take Stepped some time. On by a skate. Like got his arm. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad cut, and and he's gonna be out a little while. Where would he? Where with the start he was off to? Would he have been factored into this conversation? And would we have seen him get into a game? I don't think, it, going back to our conversation from earlier this hour, I don't think it would be out of the question at all that Poirier would have had an opportunity to this point, knowing how they've been, as you've said, kind of doing an active tryout for who that number six is. Well, especially if if you had been talking about the potential while the power play was struggling. Yeah. You know, the one thing that... Jeremy Poirier has always specialized in, has been putting up offensive numbers and and especially on the man advantage. And so if he was healthy, I think he had seven points in his first four AHL games. If, if he remains healthy beyond that point and you're still auditioning defensemen, absolutely, you're probably putting him in one night beside Chris Tanev to see what he can do. Yep. Unfortunately, and, and I don't know the timeline on Jeremy but I, I know it's not short term like the, there's not an opportunity to see that soon unfortunately I Unf- think we're probably talking into the new calendar year at earliest yeah. that we'd be talking about that but if they don't find a like if we're still talking about Gilbert sometimes or Simone sometimes or whomever I don't think it would be out of the question that after he gets some AHL time back in upon returning, that he might still get that opportunity sometime this season. Absolutely, and and where it becomes where where it becomes troublesome that you're still auditioning number sixes is if you do run into an injury issue, or you know we know what misbehaviors these flames have been. If you run into another suspension, suddenly you don't feel great about your depth at that position. Yeah. And so they really need one of these guys, Nick DeSimone. And what a great story. He's, what, 28 years old and just picked up his first NHL point the other yep. night? So, you know, good good for Nick DeSimone. But they need a guy to grab hold of that because there's not a ton of other options, right? You've got 
Colton Poolman in the minors. You've got Jan Kuznetsov in the minors. You've got Brady Lyle, who was signed as a free agent this summer and is a guy I don't know a ton about. You've got a development coach you could always sign to another PTO. I was th- Somebody texted that in, did and they I was really? a little surprised it took as long as it did. Yeah. But somebody said, bring Stone out of retirement. Could you be a development coach and a player? That's a good question. Little Reg Dunlop action. Stone's probably could be listening right now. Could be driving into the rink right now. Yeah. Reg Dunlop was sort of a development coach, wasn't he? I think that's a way that you could describe it. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, it's something that the Calgary Flames would would like to. I know that you'd you'd love to be able to trot out the same defense pairings almost every night, and then maybe... that was such a huge part of that year where they won the division that they could roll out. Tanev with Shillington, Anderson Hannafin, and Goodbranson Zadorov every single night. Yeah. And the only time you didn't was, I think Hannafin missed a game or two with injury. The only time you didn't was when guys were hurt. And then obviously Tanev got hurt in the playoffs. And right. So, like, but that was the only time that you didn't have those three pairings together. Well, we talk about Michael Stone, who was the seventh that year, right? He, You know, that was a guy who was sort of biding his time, would maybe get in on the back half of a back-to-back, but not even in that case. Like, that was an automatic for for Daryl Sutter and his coaching staff was what those top three pairings were going to be. And, and I guess back to the point I, I made earlier, it's not just the number six. I'm not sure we're at a point where Ryan Huska feels automatic about what his top no, three I don't are. No, th- I don't think so. This is... Another iteration that we're seeing right now with Anderson, Weger, Tanev, and Hannafin. We didn't see a lot of that prior to the last few games. We've seen Weger with Zadorov. We've seen Tanev with all kind. Tanev with Gilbert. Tanev with Solovyov. We've seen Tanev with Osterley. Tanev with Osterley. We've seen Hannafin with Anderson. Like we've, it's been. We yeah. even saw Hannafin with Weger when Anderson was out there for a little bit. So right. we've seen a lot of different iterations of what the pairings could be. And and the difference, like we go back to twenty one twenty two when they essentially trotted out those three pairs, essentially from about game seven into the season. I want to say when when Nikita Zadorov got back into the lineup after sitting a few as a healthy scratch, like. We were talking in, in 2021-22 about a team that was clipping along, right? We, we remember that was one of the most successful regular season teams in Flames franchise history. And, and so, yeah, it makes sense that you just continue to scribble the same lineup. Now we're talking today about a team that just snapped out of a six-game losing skit that has three wins in 11 games so far. And so it does make sense that you've got a lot fewer spots in your lineup that you, you're sort of set on, that, that you feel like you can just cement and, and carry on. And then there's always the inevitable question, right? Well, they've got a hole. Like they definitely they should go acquire somebody, right? Well, maybe not right now. Eh, maybe you don't need to be going out and acquiring somebody to solidify your third pair right now. Maybe give it a little bit. See, uh, may, maybe... Maybe it just doesn't make a lot of sense to give up a pick to bring in a 28-year-old third-pair defenseman. Yeah, and and absolutely, I would agree with that. I I think the exception would be, and you won't see as much of this during the season, but you know, if, if a if a team has brought up a a sort of young tweener and is trying to get that guy back through waivers to go to the minors, you know, we saw 
at toward the end of training camp, the Ottawa Senators trying to get Jacob Bernard Docker down through waivers and successfully doing so. He remains in their organization. That's where uh, an ad could make sense. If you can get a free asset who can sure, then go sure, in that competition. And I'm not saying it has to be Jacob Bernard Docker, but if you have a, a 23 or 24, 25-year-old defenseman pop up on waivers and you want to give that guy a chance to establish him in the NHL and maybe become a part of what you're moving forward with, fine. But, yeah, to give up, don't be giving up a pick for anything right now. You, you Valamaki would be good good to bring, bring into the organization right now. Is he busy? I think he's signed. I think he's going to keep playing where he's playing. Um, I don't blame him. No, I don't blame him either. Well... It's going to be interesting to see how they figure it out. And it's going to I, – I honestly don't know if any of the players that they have are, are going to just step in and solidify to the point where it's not a revolving door throughout the rest of the season. I thought DeSimone was fine in Seattle. I think Gilbert's been fine at times. But I don't know if anybody of this group – the only – you know, the guy who's got the best potential to do it is your, your buddy – like, Solovyov's the guy who's got the best opportunity of actually locking that thing down between now and the end of the season. Just because he's the youngest of the group, and I, it just feels like he's got the best opportunity to be able to do that. And, and he is the sort of front runner to have that job for the next five years. Yeah. And, and so if you are committing to getting younger, and I— I really liked Ilya Solovyov's first game with the Flames. I thought the Heritage Classic was a uh, tougher experience for him under the, uh, under the bright lights at Commonwealth Stadium, but it's only a matter of time before you see him get another look in that spot. He, he probably, if you asked me to guess today who's going to finish of, of those four candidates with the most games played this season, it's either Dennis Gilbert or Ilya Solovyov, but... It's a. I keep saying the same. You know, I keep using the same word, tryout or or audition. It, it really is open still. Someone yep. that job is there for someone to go grab. Yep, hundred uh, percent. As we start to wrap up this hour, see how that conversation progresses as the year goes along. He's Wes Gilbertson on Twitter at Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up this hour. Thanks to uh, Taylor, our producer, this hour as well. This has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save four hundred and fifty on the Braun EV5922 gun safe, now just $1,450, or explore the full line of safes at calgarylockandsafe.com.